0: Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War. Art of War. Strategy and Tactics. Discussions with the best players on the planet. On the planet. With your host, Paul Murphy and expert coach, Nick Nanavati. Hey
1: everybody! This is part two of our conversation with Mike Garcia, subscribers. Thank you so much for joining us in this section. We're going to be talking about the matchups and uh, like like some your path to victory that you had in in your some of your more recent events, and we'll also be talking about maybe things that those players might have done to take it away from you. You know, if if we can even get into the theoretical, Mike. Welcome back. Oh, thank Thank you very much, much. Uh, Nick. This is you know the point in the show again where we start to talk about the the path to victory and you know the matchups. But I I want to start with Necron you want
2: to start with necrons
1: because necrons are a point scoring juggernaut basically just you know point machine goes burr <laughs> and w we, we talked about in the, the part one is the custodes they're not looking to get to 100 points they're looking to just win the game how do you win a game versus an, an army that is you know from
0: right off the line is going to zero to 100 so yeah so i mean um my experience with with Necrons is you have to hit them hard and you gotta hit them fast. So going second against uh, Necrons is very difficult. You know, if I get first turn against Necrons, I'm in their face as fast as possible. I know they've got some you know deadly shooting. They've got you know Satans. They've got you know ways to deal lots of damage. Um, but if I don't put just everything into them as fast as i possibly can they'll just score you off the board so um i know it's a little bit of a simplistic strategy but you know you you basically run at them and then you run at them until you can't run at them anymore um, i support this strategy by the way i'm all on <laughs> board with this, this strategy it's kind of how i live my life
1: <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. It.
0: you gotta you know you know you've gotta you've gotta deal with their threats um but you know getting bikes in their face getting dreadnoughts getting you know just getting them off of the game that they want to play is the only way to beat them. there. There is, you know,
2: conceptually that's, that's absolutely it, right? If you don't stop them, they're, they're stop They're beating you. So if all the onus is on you to go do something about it. When you say you just run straight at them, there's, there's gotta be a little bit more nuance to it than that. As yeah. far as like positionally or order of operations, target priority. How do you break it down?
0: Yeah, so I mean, typically, um, I still try to duck and cover if I can, just because of the power of, you know, some of their shooting. You know, if it depends on the on the type of army that they have, you know, Necrons do have quite a bit of punch in the shooting phase. And then if it's not really a shooting army, you know, they're just going to overwhelm me with bodies and and chaff, with you know, scarabs being your way and stuff like that. So what it typically, you know, we talked about the the redeploy strat. That would be sort of big here because, you know, if you can end up putting certain units in certain positions and then baiting them to over commit to one side and, you know, I don't do it often, but this would be an army that I would where I'd bait them to one side, try to move my guys over to the other side, hit the weak flank and and hit them where um, they're the weakest. That's that's sort of the approach that I would try to take against uh, Necrons the, the most. Yeah, they're, they're just annoyingly good. <laughs>
2: yeah necrons definitely have uh a real grip hold on the points right there do you have you have experience with this match did you have to play this in your tournament
0: i didn't play them in the tournament but i have played necrons uh numerous times uh friends of mine uh play the army so i've played probably every iteration of the of the list you know i wouldn't say i'm winning every game um it really you know when that Silent King does work, he does work. Now, he just lost Core, which is good, but uh, we'll see how that affects them now. So,
2: Do you go for the Silent King, or do you just let him take his his two cents
0: here? It really depends on how he's playing him. Uh, I've played games where he's you know held back and sort of as a support piece, and then, yeah, I just I just can't get to him. So, you know what? I got to then deal with the damage dealers. But then I've seen games where he's literally the head of the army coming straight at me, and and then, you know, you better believe I gotta multi-charge him because his ability to fight last me uh really hurts. Um so if he's at the front of the army, I've I've got tons of units going into him to overwhelm him. If he's at the back, I, I just have to ignore him and then I go for the other damage dealers.
2: And I guess the last bits of this is they recently just released the new balance they dislite, all five lines of it. And one of them was <laughs> Silent King loses core. Um, yeah does that impact this game at all? does it make it easier for you or like
0: whatever um i think I think it does I think um it makes it more of a support piece than um charging right up into your face. Um, he's still going to you know be buffing units and and that was you know i think his strong suit from from the, from the start but I think now he isn't going to be able to buff himself so he'll be a little bit more vulnerable.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it literally only helps, but I wasn't sure if it like practically made a difference to how people apply it.
0: Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I'm not, not hundred percent sure. I mean, he's still going to be a tough cookie to crack. So, I don't...
2: and you mentioned, uh, I guess, that secondary, which I still will never remember its name, where you get points for killing the Silent King. Uh, do you take that yep. in this one or do you not? Because your opponent could choose to kind of not play with him.
0: Yeah. I, I would probably not choose to take it against Necron just because. I like to deal with things that I can control and that then is completely out of my control.
2: That's a great way to phrase it. Just keep the control in your court.
0: Yeah. Like he, he can just basically keep them back as a buffing unit and I'll never get to him. So, um, that is where, yeah, this would not be a good matchup for that secondary.
2: Alright, I want to move it on over to some other armies that have been doing really well as of late. The Chaos Space Marine variation, perhaps. Um, they, they've got quite a few lists. Emperor's Children, most notably, have been doing really, really well lately, but there's Fabius Bile, and then just any other variations. That book is fuming with good stuff.
1: In, in Abaddon, too, we've got to address Abaddon, is that you, know, you you mentioned where you do your damage, and primarily well, I'm assuming in one phase of the game and, and dealing yeah. with these kind of, kind of wound caps.
0: Yeah, so wound caps are are interesting um, for custodes just because we don't have three phases, we have two, and typically one is always guaranteed more than the other. But so I've played at the tournament. I've played uh, both uh, bile and uh, word Um I had to approach them obviously different because or differently because each one has their own unique buffs. Uh, I was lucky; I did not face Abaddon in either of those lists, but I faced An unholy amount of possessed uh, in both. Um, Those guys hit like trucks.
2: When you say an unholy amount, what are we talking here?
0: Uh, Over 20 in each game. (laughs) Three. Three (laughs) is a pretty good rule. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I I had uh, one game um, with some smaller sized units, but I think think he had about 24 and then in the other game I played, he had two big blocks of 10 plus 10 uh, chosen. So uh, it was it was definitely big blobs of infantry. Uh, I mean, they just put out a tremendous amount of attacks. So um, CSM, I mean CSM is is a threat. I think what really is making them competitive. I mean, I think they have some competitive choices out there, but uh, armor of contempt is huge uh, for any you know marine or 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 Chaos Marine Army right now, Uh, facing uh, the Bile Army, I believe that is, uh, yeah, Bile is plus one strength, and it was a fight on death, if I remember correctly. That is, I really had to use my shooting in that game to approach that, more so than combat, just because of all the attacks I was going to get back. Uh, Whereas when I faced the word bearers, I was, you know, really uh, having to hit them first because of their ability to reroll hits.
2: So it's interesting you say that. One of the strengths of the custodies is their ability to play the shooting game or the combat game based on their opponent and play them when they're at their opponent's weakness. Um, you use that really well versus Fabius Bile, since they just don't shoot and they're all combat. How effective... Like You have to go into combat at one point, I'm sure, to beat Fabius Bile, because yep. you can't just shoot them. You're not playing Tau over here. So how, how do you actually break them down and then interact with them once they... Despite the fight on death
0: in that game, I, I really tried to set up multi charges into those units. I knew from the attack backs, I was probably going to take a ton of damage or, you know, lose a unit on the way, on the way back. Um, but to just trade one unit for some of their guys was not something I could afford to do. So I had to, multi-charge their units with two or three units to make sure that if i lost one i had to kill his entire unit so uh even though i was taking all those attacks back uh they were going on the different targets so you know for instance a dreadnought goes in he kills five he gets five attacks back or he could split them a, a, up a little bit uh you know trajan is with them and another dreadnought trajan does work he kills a few more the rest of, and then the rest fall to the to the the dreadnought. Um, everyone's sort of then getting hit back piecemeal, depending on what he can do with, with how I charged into them.
2: Like physically with the, with the pylons and consolidates the yeah. initiative of who can attack which model.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was trying to, uh, spread attacks and then also, uh, just make sure that if I was lose a unit, I killed that unit dead. So Trying to trade very efficiently, the best, or the, yeah. as
1: efficient as a Custodian's army can.
2: Well, not, not only trade, but also like make them allocate their fight on deaths in a way that where you end up with lots of wounded models instead of
1: dead squads and dead
2: dreadnoughts. Exactly,
0: exactly, exactly. In 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 one of the end of the fight phases, I had Trajan on one wound and a dreadnought on one wound and survived. <laughs> and oh and, wow, uh, okay, so it worked. Yeah, so it was a little bit of clutch rolling at the right time, but it was you know it did what it needed to do and and just to, to mop up that unit because also he can uh, bring units back or models back so if i wasn't killing a unit that was always a risk of him bringing you know a model back and strengthening it so
2: uh, I, I really like that tactic. I think that's that's one of the details that combat armies can really exploit versus Fabius Bile. It's hard to articulate this effectively through a podcast, but Mike, I'm going to ask you to yeah. do your best. When you're spotting the little nuances to close combat that allow you to manipulate where your opponent's fight on deaths will will have them attack, how do you actually spot that, and then what does it look like from a step-by-step process?
0: So... Like, for instance, one of the things you could do with Trajan is, so, for instance, like, you have two Dreadnoughts with him. Each one is on each side. All three make the charge. The Dreadnoughts lock the model in front of you in combat, and Trajan stays within one inch. So, on the attack back, only the model that's locked in combat with the Dreadnoughts, unless they can get around, uh, can hit Trajan. Because you have to be half an inch or half an inch to be able to attack through a model. So just limiting where trajan can get hit back was key and then same with the dreadnoughts as well if you can put a dreadnought into a back of a unit or a side of a unit and hold unit uh, models in place while your other units are in front is also key too because it allows you to like they can't move models around or consolidate for for pylons and stuff like that so That was sort of key. And then also using the katas at the right moment, for instance, like one of the katas that custodes have is, you know, you only get a one inch pilot and one inch consolidate. If you're three inches back, you only move one inch, you can't, and you can't hit through somebody, you can't attack. So there's some little nifty things that custodes can do at the right time to mitigate your army's strengths. And that's what I was trying to do. Right, that makes a lot
2: of sense. Actually, the the pile beso- compiling and consolidates is something I didn't even consider, but that's a huge factor to this matchup because each model piles and consolidates model by model as they die. It's a really intricate sequence using the shot yeah. on death here, so you can really mess that up.
0: Yeah, and, and and one of the other things too about that is like some of the fighting happens in you know it could happen through terrain, so you can like for instance, I went in with Trajan um i i like i hit a guy uh i killed a bunch of them and then when i you know he was gonna fight on death he hit me back but then when he went to pile in again um where i or i did my consolidation i was able to move sideways and then actually just outside of engagement range by while moving closer to another model so that when um the consolidated he then couldn't then put his attacks back in the as well so there's a lot of Really, nuance that you have to work with custodes to maximize your efficiency, and then not, you know, get just smashed back.
1: Do you find yourself having to kind of um, maybe pause your opponent from them just kind of going through the motions of moving and and or attacking and letting them know what you've set up there? Like, how yeah. how would you approach that conversation?
0: Yeah, so I always play by intent. It's I I always explain things the way that I'm I'm setting them up. So, um, like for instance, you know when I uh, set up that move with the dreadnoughts and Trajan, and then I had the Kataw active. Um, you know, I said, Listen, you're only going to be able to do this. So where you pull your models is key, right? And he wasn't really paying attention, but I explained it to him. And, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, depending on the game and, and the stage of it, you know, he'll say, Oh, I didn't mean to do that or I made a mistake. I'll let him, you know, go back and do it. But uh, I always announce what I'm doing and how I'm doing it because. Uh, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the, the gotcha. Like, oh, well, you know, too bad. Right. It's, uh, this is what I'm trying to do. This is how I'm doing it. This is what lets me do it. If, if they need an explanation. Um, and you know, the reason why I did it, right. I, I do this because I don't want you to kill trade. Right. And, and you know, fair enough. Right. So it definitely helps, uh, play the game and, and I do slow down the fight phase. I would say that is probably the longest phase in my in my game um, because I really try to look at every engagement and maximize my uh, consolidations or uh, pylons and consolidations from a defensive standpoint.
2: So let's talk about that. And I love the sportsmanship and and not only the sportsmanship, but the practicality to explaining your rules, the scenario you're you're setting up. I'm here. It's like one, you don't want to be that guy. No one wants to be that guy. And then two, there is a competitive advantage to not being that guy. And it's Hey man, I'm keeping Trajan alive. This is scientifically, positionally how. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. I love that. I lost my question with all my excitement for your sportsmanship. Uh, I got it I got, <laughs> it. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's back. Um, you said you just spent all your time with Piles and Consolidates, the minutia of the fight phase. You have an army of custodians, like 15 models. On a chess clock. <laughs> do you just go through your turn then spend half an hour in the fight phase and that's okay And how you allocate your your timing? Or what's your approach to that?
0: Uh, and the funny thing is, uh, guys that know me know that, uh, the, the clock is my bane. Um, not from this army perspective. I, I do play, uh, I have played some nids and, uh, nids always gave me clock issues with custodes because my movement phase and my shooting phase and, and everything is, you know, very quick. I usually don't have clock problems with custodes at all.
2: Sounds like you found your army.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I do spend a lot of time in that phase and and really slowing down and making sure that I pile and consolidate every unit. And it's just more so because I have such a low model count, I'm actually looking at the turn ahead. I'm not necessarily looking just at this turn because, yeah, it's great. I send the guy and he kills something. Now he's out in the open. But if I spent my my fight phase and my charge phase correctly, maybe he could be in a building. Maybe he could be around a corner after he's done. Maybe he could be behind another unit for other protection, right? So that's where that phase for me is so big is also the next phase when they're trying to counterattack. How do I prevent that? So that that's also part of my my thought process. Very good.
2: So that actually segues really nicely to my next Question, which is the big, bad Tyranids. You've been beating around the bush for the <laughs> problem. You played them, apparently, so play it on, yep.
0: Mike. Yeah, so because I've, I've, I've played uh, Tyranids, um, I, I knew what, was, what I had to deal with, what I didn't have to deal with um, in this particular game. Uh, great guy, good Tyranid player. I knew he was just going to shove those harpies down my throat turn one. He got first turn. So That first is typically thing I, what
1: they do. They'll yeah, run them up there, yeah. become a distraction, they'll take a unit or two out you know, of a, of exactly. a, of a normal army, and then you're forced to spending all your time in, in maybe exactly. the first
0: potentially yeah. two turns of the game. Exactly. So first thing I did was rip my uh, bikes off the board into reserve. So first turn goes, he YOLOs into my into my zone, kills a Dreadnought outright with one Harpy. He tries to kill my tank. It's down, It's it's wounded, it's not out of the fight yet. My, my first turn, I did like two damage back to it. My shield captain went into it. I just, it was not a good roll, uh, it was not a good, uh, counter punch. I, I did stretch out, got onto another, you know, a couple of, uh, objectives and stuff. But I, what I did though, that was big is I put my units in such a position. I was trying to make sure I knew where the harpies were going to go next.
2: What do you mean by that? Like with their turn angles and stuff?
0: It's hard to imagine on a a podcast, but we were diagonally uh, across from each other. It was the mission uh, that uh, has the six objectives.
2: Data Sky Salvage.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so what I did was, is he was sort of in the top of my deployment zone. Uh, My guys were hiding behind a building in my zone. So what I did was I moved my guys low and to the right. And by doing that, I wanted the hard piece to follow me. And that's what they did. And that was the mistake of the game.
2: Follow you to get line of sight or to your mortals, I guess.
0: I wanted him to, to follow me because when my bikes came on turn two, you can bring them in under nine inches in your own deployment zone. And your deployment zone stretches down that side of the board.
2: The long, the long board edge on yeah. the bottom side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Really close. Yeah, there. so he, so he brought his harpies over. He did more work. He killed my tank, right? He did his damage. My turn. Bikes come on within three inches of them. They salvoed a bunch of zones that were then mid-board, and then they just charged and mopped up the harpies.
2: Nice. And then from there, the harpies were, were a huge problem for you, but what about the rest of the army going on?
0: So the rest of the army at this point, uh, he'd been pushing some zones up. You know, His, his, uh, his flying um, uh, Hive Tyrant was sort of still back. He had most of the board control at this point. Uh, his warriors had been pushing up. But basically, turned two, dealt with the harpies. I got some dreads into some warriors. I was picking some warriors up. Uh, I really hadn't scored much primary at this point. Uh, I think I was on five points or something like this so on the second turn because I was only holding two objectives. He scored a full 15. And then what I did was because the bulk of my army was low and to the right, I just swept over in my third turn those other two uh, objectives. And then just pushed Dawn of War across the board and was able to take away his home objective. And then with the salvo launchers and the of shots, I just kept picking up uh, zone throats. And then uh, in combat, I was picking up the warriors because uh, I wasn't really worried about their shooting. Um, and uh, that was the game. I mean, he overstretched his Hive Tyrant to try and take back an objective. And I survived that attack. And between Trajan and uh, another dread, uh, that was the end of the hype tire. When you say survive the attack, is that just the way the dice
1: worked out, or you know, were the tactics you were talking about before? Maybe some stratagems factor into helping you.
0: Yeah, that- so he, yeah, so he hit the uh, he he went after a dreadnought. Um, he hit him, I think, the full five times, wounded him five times. Uh, it was not a good trade for him because with the the dreadnought, it's a minus one damage. So his his Reaper of Obliterax is down to you know two wounds. And then basically the mortals with Emperor's Chosen being on a four up, I ignored probably half of them or 60% of them. And then the feel no pain on the dread on the normal damage. I was able to mitigate a little bit. I think I took like five damage. I then hit him back. I bracketed him next turn. I uh, put the dread into another shield host to fall back and charge, trade and charged in uh dead hive tyrant. Oh, wow. so.
2: so I guess from a conceptual standpoint, Tyrion's are an army that also doesn't have good secondaries. Their plan is, is not unlike yours. They're trying to disrupt their opponent's secondary plan and beat them on primary, kill them, and worry about the points as they fall. So you're both doing the same thing at each other in terms of how you approach the game. Or am I misunderstanding? And one of you actually has a secondary advantage over the other one?
0: I think uh, Tyranids are just trying to run you over, and like you said, their, their secondary game is not very good. They're, they're mainly there to eat you, I mean, primarily, yeah. right? So right. I think that, that, that's what they suffered, they suffered from. So
2: so where I'm going with it is, if, since you're both just trying to fight each other and then figure out the points yeah. as they come, do you definitely have identified Harpies as a big problem, and your plan to deal with them was actually reserve the bikes, lead them towards the bikes, come and counter-strike them in this game. Um, there's a lot of other problems in Tyranids, though. You know, like every data sheet in that codex is powerful, and yep. not all Tyranid armies look the same or play the same. If you could kind of use your knowledge of Tyranids to break down, like, how you would identify a threat and then how you would play around it with Custodes, I guess, from your perspective, how would you do that?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, um, so for talking from a custodian's point of view like like identifying the threats in the Nids army uh outside of Harpies or, or are you talking about the other way around
2: No exactly that custody's point of view yep. um how do you how do you identify what the Nids threats are especially when all Nids lists kind of don't aren't made the same and then yep. uh how do you address them like cuz you had a roundabout answer for dealing with the Harpies with Reserves yep. and all that what's your plan for like different threats
0: yeah, so I think uh, with the with the NIDs, one of the biggest threats outside of like the Leviathan build is a Kraken build with uh, um, just the speed of that army. Um, so how I would try to mitigate that is obviously castling with certain units, baiting the charge and 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 trying to deal. You know, you're going to you're going to lose whatever they hit. But it's just choosing what you lose, and then trying to hit, then take that that unit out. So, like for instance, ravens are a problem just because of their speed. Um, again, I would try to bait them out uh, or pick them up in shooting. Nids do not like to be shot. You know, the the Scepter is not as big of a you know issue for the custodes because of the the four up on the mortals. I mean, I mean, hey, you can roll poorly and just lose an army, but it's not as big of a threat. I, I just think the the problem with custodes. Uh, facing NIDs is just being overwhelmed with the amount of units. Their their unit sheets are cheap and they're good. And if they just overwhelm you, there's not much you can do. And and trying to mitigate that by by putting a unit out, having that charge, then picking up whatever charges it, even though it is a trade, you just it's the only way to to, to deal with those other Nid armies. I think.
2: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then I guess just from some NIDs shoot, some NIDs fight. I, how do you identify heavy venom cannons are scary versus combat is scary?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, heavy venom cannons, and and especially like the buffs you can do to like, uh, on the hive tyrant with the shard gullet and stuff like, I mean, the challenges with any of that shooting from the nids army is that's just dead units, right? Dead custodian guard, dead, whatever they're shooting at. Right. If you're not on, on top of your saves. So, you know, if I'm facing a shooting nids army, it doesn't sound like a very elegant strategy, but it is sort of a, um, you know, just get into terrain, get as much advantage as you can with the minus one hit banner, try to outride their primaries um, and just survive. Right? It's, it's especially if they're going to stay back of the board and fill the mid board with just chaff. Um, there's there's not a lot of options you can do. You could if you had command points to start the game, you could deep strike. The one thing that Custodes do have um, is you can deep strike your your bikes, your dreads, your infantry. Um, Terminators do it for free, but you know you can spend command points to deep strike anything else. Uh, so if you're up against a shooting, Nid's army, deep striking, if you can get this place to, to get down is is probably a, another strategy against that.
2: Well, I want to keep the conversation moving. I appreciate your expert insights into Nid's. But let's talk about one of my favorite factions, the Elves, point-eared people. <laughs> Um, I imagine elves, elves don't play like Chaos or Nids or Necrons in, in style, so this should be a bit of a different conversation. Uh, Harlequins and Craftworlds are built pretty strong armies these days, and they play fairly differently. How do you approach each of those?
0: Yeah, so Harlequins, um, I haven't played a tremendous amount into Harlequins. Um, like there are a bunch of Harlequin players around me um i have played them from time to time the funny thing is is i've never actually uh, like a pure harlequin list i've never actually lost to a harlequin list the studies are a bit
2: of an interesting counter to harlequins just because they actually struggle to deal damage into you effectively
0: Exactly. So, like any of the the really tough units, like the dreads, because of the minus one damage, they're doing one damage. And into the infantry, you have strats that can really make them inefficient. Like, for instance, like I've had you know my um, shield dread- or my shield uh, custodian guards being charged by you know troops, and. You would just basically make them minus one to hit, or you can transhuman. You can do all these things that just tip the scale a little bit to make them more, uh, a little bit less inefficient. I'm trying to think of some of the other things I've done with Harleys. Oh, another thing that Harley Quinns don't like is that custodians can shoot you if you fall back uh, for a strat. So I've had where units have fallen back and I can just shoot them and pick them up. So there are things that custodians have that other units don't or other armies don't or don't have to deal with them i would say the biggest challenge i've had as far as a, like a, from elves or eldar i should say is uh Doom. that that has given me some grief just because the ap goes up it's then pushing all your inbounds um and it's just so much volume um, of
1: shots, and that's um, something that, players were taking as a like a catch all. It worked against every army, just like
0: especially yeah. brutal against like yours because you have fewer models.
2: You also yeah. they bypass your higher toughness because six to ten auto wound It's just terrible for you.
0: A- anything that can that can just bypass any of the defensive things that I try to do just really hurt. So I've had some really good games uh, into Eldar. I'm probably about fifty percent into them. Um, it really depends on the army uh, makeup, but yeah, Doom has been. Tough to beat um, that one. I you know I wish I could have some overall strategy to deal with it, but you know Eldar are just tricky. Like they 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 move and shoot, move and shoot. Like you know it's kind of like I said before, where I got you know simplistic, where you just got to run at them. You kind of just have to do that with Eldar. You you just need to get to them to deal with them. If I could um, before they can do too much damage
2: uh, as yeah. an Eldar player against Custodes I definitely have experienced Hail of Doom into Custodes yep. they, they don't like it, they they die, I move block you it's hard to engage back with me for sure, got a lot of problems for you on that matchup front one thing I've struggled with as the Eldar player is Caladius and Palace things like that oh yeah so, I mean, your list only has one, so it's a very manageable amount for an Eldar army. But for teching for that match, for anyone listening who maybe struggles with this match at home, the angles Caladius can get moving 14 then just shooting down a pipe can be really, really challenging because Eldar is a very angular army with its shooting. And then also, uh, Eldar don't have good long, long-range firepower. They have great 24-inch range firepower. So you can really play the range game with them in the backfield
0: absolutely when i was i was at um the open in Seattle earlier in the year I had uh my grab tank and I had two palaces and they they definitely came in handy in those matchups um uh they are 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 definitely like you say the counter to that um but yeah I, I only have one in this army uh so this army would definitely struggle um into a you know a hail of doom uh build
2: yeah, fair enough fair enough um Let's keep it going. We have a couple more armies to hit on the thing. I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about the good old-fashioned Boys in Blue Space Marines. Now they're in rough shape, although the the new Balanced Age Slate has done them wonders, right, Paul? You happy with your shock tactics getting better? <laughs>
1: The balance data laid aside, we actually have a pretty healthy meta that we even get to talk about all these factions. But Space Marines are one of those where, you know, with the different types of chapters, it would be hard to hit them all. But there are, you know, a nice collection of stats within the Space Marine Codex. So do you find that any Marine generals out there are taking some things that are particularly problematic for you that, that maybe not every general is taking?
0: Yeah, so... Uh, a buddy of mine who was uh, called out on another podcast for crazy list was the amount of uh, centurions he was taking. Um, centurions could pose a problem into this list if they can get into me. Uh, just being four wounds and being, you know, able to be brought back and healed, and you know, all of those things. Uh, can pose a problem uh, just because they hit so hard and they can also shoot quite well. Not necessarily with bolters but you know the last cannons can do work. Um, that, that's a funny and, and interesting list, uh, and, and I know the guy who brought that pretty well. To be honest, custodes being too damaged, they just don't usually have a problem into marines. I would say ultramarines do give them a bit of a challenge with volume of, of shots um depending on how you you've built out your army blood angels can definitely do work uh if they get in close but they have to be the chargers so whenever i i play blood angels i i really have to watch uh and look at engagement ranges they're just so fast so you know i want to be just that step out that you can't charge me um and then counter hit you uh it's the only real way to, to play blood angels Let's break that down
2: just one second on Blood Angels. There's so much faster than you, especially they bring their banner, they move 14, then charge. They fly. Yeah. They're infantry. Yeah. How do you possibly play the range game with them, unless you just walk backwards and off of objectives?
0: Oh, I've I've literally walked backwards. (laughs) So (laughs) what I'll do is, I've done it before where I've offered up a sacrificial unit and set up the counter on that, or... Vice versa, I will literally. I have on occasion walked backwards to make sure that I won't get charged. And then when they move forward to take the objective, I just, I then charge them. You, the, the challenge with, with Blood Angels too is that, uh, especially with Sanguinary Guard, um, they're minus one to hit. Um, now, I'm, I'm usually hitting on twos. It's not, you would think that's not a big deal. But the problem with custodes is that as soon as they start to lose efficiency, uh, that's a bad thing. So you, you, I want to deal with them in the most efficient way. So my Caladius, I literally have that in the list to deal with Marines. It is an excellent Marine killer. And for a Sanguinary Guard, I don't care. I'll shoot them with Salvo Launchers. I just want them dead. So that is the way that I approached the the Blood Angel uh, matchup that I faced at the tournament. I, I used a lot of Meltas and a lot of uh, Salvo Launchers to kill Sanguinary Guard. And then I dealt with the rest uh, in combat. Yeah,
2: so kind of just whittling them down. Is there a point where you can just take the charge from Blood Angels? Because I imagine if if we're playing like a five-objective mission, right? And you're afraid to walk onto the middle because you'll get charged. The Blood Angels can engage you in a trade war, right? Throw out like an inner squad or something, or even a random character just to keep on forcing you to do something about it. You can't keep up that game forever. You'll have to go into the middle eventually, unless they do it for you, which, you know, that's a mistake they can fall into. But assuming they don't, and they play that to trade war. How do you break that stalemate?
0: So, again, uh, what I'll do is d- depending on how that stalemate um, falls uh, or, or happens, uh, because I can offer support for the custodian guard with strats, that is a unit I might lead with to take that brunt. So, you know, if I've got a couple of CP and I get charged by, you know, seven or eight sanguinary guard, you know, I will dump the strats to keep them alive, to then counter them uh, and hold that, uh, and then try to pick some up with the guard. That is probably your best approach. Trying to feed them dreads is not a good idea. And, you know, so what I'll do is I'll put those custodian guards out. um, You know, they're coming in to hit me. I'll make them minus one to be hit. I'll transhuman them. And sometimes I'll just turn off rerolls. And, you know, they should survive. And and then I can take a couple back out with my counterattack. And then uh, with, you know, with them swinging back and then I bring their army in to deal with the rest of what they've moved into the middle.
2: Yeah. Okay. I can buy that. Do you think there's any room for tech in space Marines, like adding in mortal wounds? I guess not really because your emperor's chosen or maybe no, mean, no zone. More Melta.
1: I mean, like eliminators, is a, would, that, would that help? You know, the centurions and they can be outfitted with some, some pretty powerful weapons and then volume of fire to help get through things. In addition to this, they're, you know, they're beat down.
0: Yeah, eradicators are are a bane just because of the the damage that they can do. So you know, salamanders you know can 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 do work. You know, with with um, yeah, it's, marines are in a really interesting spot right now. I'm, I'm trying to think like what they can do or what 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 would be a a big threat from them. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've faced armies with like 15 eradicators. Those. That is a hard nut to crack or get close to, but it's definitely you know uh you you just like you say with the caladius tank you know you have to deal with them at distance uh outside of that twenty four uh, inch range but yeah Centurion's also a tough- uh, cookie to crack just because they are four wounds it's just the amount of wounds is uh is hard to chew through as well so Marine, i I don't personally feel. Marines have good play in the custodes, other than maybe a few builds which are heavily redemptor uh, U- builds. Um, the redemptors just put out a tremendous amount of damage and they're deadly in close combat. But uh, you know, you know, a lot of the builds that were out there like the last six months with uh, Volkites and stuff like that just aren't a threat.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair. Marines are hopefully going to get some love coming up soon. I have no idea when, but uh, they could use it. The last armies I really want to cover are uh, Tandem and Two, Chaos Knights and Imperial Knights. They kind of do what Custodies do, bigger, better, scarier, unless there's some tech I don't understand here. How do you approach these?
0: <laughs> so um, I haven't played uh, Chaos Knights on the board. I've played them in TTS. I actually find that matchup easier than Imperial Knights. Why is that? Um, Imperial Knights shooting is just crazy like the the abilities that they have the buffs that they can give the baby knights the amount of obsec that they have their honor that gives the big knights obsec that is a really difficult matchup i find with chaos knights which is i I, and maybe it's just me i've i've been able to deal with them better i find that chaos knights want to be in your face they want to be charging you they want to be attacking you um but with the high leadership of the custodes you know having Fail like to try and fail those dread tests. An army like Tyranids just never charge knights, uh, uh, chaos knights, because of leadership issues with custodes and their high leadership. I haven't really had that problem, and
2: yeah, just being leadership eleven solves so much of what chaos knights does to you.
0: It, exactly. So you know, I have my salvos to to deal with uh, them at distance, and then you know the combat of the dreads uh, in close uh, will just do work. Um against Chaos Knights, Imperial Knights, I want to get into close combat with them, but getting into close combat is the difficult thing because their shooting is just so strong. And uh, you know, that that's a tough matchup I find for custodes because if you're running like a heavy infantry army, you know, every shot through from the baby knights, you know, that's a dead custodian guard. So the dreadnoughts help in that sense where uh, unfortunately, they're they're T7, so they they, they do help against the baby knights shooting on some of their guns. Uh, but the you know the big knights just you know they don't care about T7. But you know, uh, yeah, I just I just have to go at them or, or bait them in a way and or try to whittle them down.
2: So is the problem with the imperial knight matchups that the little knights are more efficient than your dreadnoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean they they in shooting yeah i mean they they the the range on them is is amazing and the buffs that they can get so that's why i say in that matchup so in my in my last game in the tournament who was you know 5 and 0 and handily 5 and 0 he was just beating everything that 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 came on the table so because the terrain was player placed literally placed most of my terrain i think other than like one or two pieces like the smaller pieces in my own deployment zone so as i approached the game i went okay i have to be able to survive shooting so i'm gonna put layers of layers of terrain in my own deployment zone to cover my uh, units as best as they can to make him have to go to angles puts him out there and then i can go after those units so I pre-measured before the game started. I took a ruler and I was, or measuring tape, sorry, and pre-measured where I thought each terrain piece was going to go for the distances between each piece so that I knew that they could fit. And then as I placed a piece, I then re-measured. So I took quite a bit of time in my deployment. I re-measured to make sure I wasn't blocking any other piece of terrain. And
2: then... So basically you made your army unshootable. Yes. It's so the best degree you could without move blocking yourself either.
0: Exactly. And then what I did was I you know, did my normal strategy where you know, like, he lined up on the line and I put two dreads up on the line. And that was the same thing. If I go first, two more dreads are going up there and bikes in close support or uh, I got to pull them back. And he got first turn. So I'm like, oh, if I don't get first turn against Knights, this could be trouble. So I pulled them back and he was able to get a line on one dread but he was within the banner did a bunch of damage to it didn't kill it and then he yolo'd a bloody baby knight into me and blew it up and was literally in my castle like every almost every single unit my army uh except for a few took damage now i was able to mitigate a bunch of those on the like the mortal wounds but uh one dread was down to one wound but he had pushed so far aggressively into me that I was then able to once I dealt with that little, I was able to counter punch um, that that baby knight, and you know, and, and then it blew up. I was able to then use that to get a little bit of extra movement, and then I just pushed into him first turn.
2: Yeah, so it's the same thing. Just a counter aggression, use terrain to get people to have to come closer to you, so they get angles. When they get the angles, they're closer to you, so you can charge them. From there, you can explode yeah. and start doing your thing.
0: Yeah, he, uh, you know, ran that guy in. Auto exploded him. You know, did a bunch of damage, and then yeah, I just, I just, I knew that there was no sitting back, right? So uh, the funny thing is, uh, you know, I managed to out obsec a knight player on the center objective. Yeah,
2: I don't even know that that was a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he had he had two baby knights and a big knight, and I had like m- the majority of my castle in the middle, and I think I had twenty one units to his twenty. So, was a lot. this counts
1: as this. This yeah. counts as this. Carry the one.
0: Yeah. Or sorry, 20. Yeah. 20, 22. I was doing the math. Was yeah. t- I was doing the math. It was well, 22. None like, of your
1: models
2: count as the right number of models, right? Like your captain's four, yeah. each of your guys is two, the knights are five. It just doesn't
1: make sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so he yeah, yeah. So I was able to do that and then just, you know, get around. And, and, and in that match, I had Ulrich mortalis, which is, you know, kill the highest pointed model. That was one of his big nights. I, I, screwed up and i i was going to kill it in combat and but i ended up shooting it to death so it scored me 10 but you know at the end at the end of the day who cares i got it it died which is uh because he was also uh you know uh, i can't remember the house or he was tyrannous but uh i think he healed every turn so you know that was the other thing right you do damage to them and then they they heal themselves and they unbracket themselves which is a pain, but uh, I was able to deal with that and, and get the victory.
2: Well, Paul, that pretty much concludes my army matchups for Mike. You have anything else you want to ask him while we're here?
1: No, uh, I mean that was pretty uh, pretty thorough, and, and I appreciate you walking through this, Mike, with uh, you know, with the eye of you know maybe what some some players could do. Uh, to um, defeat you if they ever come against you in a tournament. It, it sounds like you've got a strategy, just about everything you're going to encounter. And, you know, with an elite army, like you said, that's critical.
2: Yeah, Mike, I want to thank you for coming on. And also appreciate the attention to detail you have for the nuances of terrain placement, and consolidations, just the general approach. It's really easy to look at Custodes as an army and just kind of assume that you rolled fours to victory um, because where is the tactics? But you definitely have demonstrated that there are quite a few of them in there. And again, congratulations.
1: Thank you. I yeah. Appreciate it. What's next on your list? You got any tournaments you're you planning on going to soon?
0: Uh, yeah. I've, uh, so I'm, well, we're, there's a new league here in uh, BC that's just starting up. So I've uh, I'm playing in that. Um, and then also there's a GT, uh, there's a there's couple happening over the couple of months. There's one in um, December. Uh, me and my friends are actually putting on, just sold out. It's about 34 players called uh, Heroes of the Mid Table. We we have been doing a little bit of YouTube and we're just doing a GT to uh, help us there. But um, yeah, no, uh, just playing some local stuff and getting ready for LVO. Awesome, man. Well, again, thanks
1: again for coming on, telling us everything that you got going on and how you did it. It was a pleasure. Nick, everybody else, we'll see you all next week.
0: Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War Down Under and Art of War Unbroken on the competitive 40K network the Art of war 40k.com